Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. All right, people. That's the Unfiltered Band, another episode of Unfiltered, episode number 79. You can jump on the revolution at Casey Stern on Twitter, hop on inside the bio, get the YouTube channel, or if, as most of you are, you continue to listen to Apple, Spotify, everywhere you get your podcasts. Get to talk some Dodgers today. You know, that team with the run differential of plus 325 and uh, about probably less than that amount of people outside of L.A. paying attention because they've just already given them a buy like they're going to get into the postseason and through the first round. And uh, kind enough to join us. Uh, he does a great job for Sportsnet and uh, all the Dodgers coverage. And I got to say, as I welcome in Jerry Harrison Jr., I don't want to take any credit, but I will say, like, in a world of, like, where were you when you had your first, um, your first broadcasting opportunity during your career, I was with you. So... You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Casey, I, I appreciate it. You know, you really, really guided me through and uh, maybe showed me how, how a broadcaster and, and, and get into the space. But yeah, you're right. As a player, I was an active player. Uh, we covered uh, the World Series. I was working with you and I had a blast doing it. That's right. You, me, and, and Harold, right? We were in Boston. I don't even remember. Was that's it? The, right. I don't even remember who they played oh, then. They were Boston in the Colorado. Like, oh, that's right. The Colorado 07. That's right. That's right. That's right. Well, it, that's it's that's that's actually fitting because that Colorado team had a layoff that they had to deal with before that series. So let's talk about a different kind of layoff. And I'll start there. And I want to bounce around a lot of Dodgers and uh, hit up on the back end a little NBA uh, with you on these ESPN rankings because I saw your thing on DeRozan. And I don't know if you saw the six through ten that was out today, but if you didn't, you're going to enjoy it. Um, so we'll get into that a little bit. The, this team. Is the biggest problem it has that it doesn't have anybody important to play the rest of the year? Like, how about navigating through that, Jerry, now the rest of the way and then into a postseason where you got to wait things out another four or five days? Is that an issue or are we making too much of that? You know, it can be an issue when you don't have a team that that hasn't been there before. Uh, you know, with Clayton Kershaw, Justin Turner, Trey. Turner, Mookie Betts into the World Series and won, and understand that you know what, even though we are uh, miles, uh, we really are going to be playing some meaningless games heading into the postseason. That said, guys on this team that are vying for playoff roster spots, uh, guys that are trying to find their so I think it's very important for those guys to perform well. Uh, we got a couple guys in the minor leagues. You know, they're trying to push uh, to to find their way on this roster. So, you know, when it's take the best twenty six guys uh, in, into the NLDS and 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 compete, a lot to play for within the Dodger uh, uh, rosters and, and Dodger team because. You know, I, I think when you look at this team, and I mentioned, I go back to the run differential because just to. You know, this, this, ever since this stat became a thing, uh, you know, I've thought, okay, in some ways it could be overblown, not when it's to this level. And the thing I keep bringing up is, you know, just to give an example with you know, my Mets, their run differential is half of what the Dodgers is. It's amazing. The, the win difference is only eight, but the dominance level of the Dodgers is, it's, they, they've literally doubled up almost everybody in the National League. How remarkable is that with all the injuries they've had on the pitching side, Jared? Because from the outside looking in, I'm thinking with all the depth issues they've had and how many guys have gone down on the pitch again, how the hell are they doing this? 
it, it's, it's incredible. I mean, they do such a great job of fighting, making sure they get the very best out of that talent. You know, there's a couple guys, uh, uh, Alex Vestia, he, he was with the Marlins. He was just really starting his career. Uh, and then he comes over here with the Dodgers. They get with him, make sure he, they utilize his fastball a little bit more, make sure he is taken off. Uh, a couple other guys that have come over here, Seymour, <laughs> Trey Davis. I think he had like a four and a half ERA with the Chicago Cubs, but their department figured out couldn't play in Chicago with the Cubs. Their defenders, the defenders weren't getting to those, those baseballs. Dodgers defense with Mookie Betts in the outfield, Trace Thompson, Cody Bellinger, uh, their elite defense plays. So he would thrive in the Dodgers organization, and he has thrived since putting on the Dodgers. You know, for guys out there that are in other organizations that they know if we bring him into our, our mix with certain pitches and let them know, hey, you don't have to be perfect. Just pitch your game or players behind you to have your back. So they have a tremendous scouting department. I know analytics, a lot of teams use analytics, but they look at character of a player, his performance in the postseason uh, in the past, and how he would fit here with the Dodgers. They do it with another guy. We kind of bounce around the Orioles, the, the, the Rays, and, and trying to find his net cutter has taken off and Incredible slider, uh, and they've helped him out as far as when two throws, and he's one of the best relievers in all of baseball. It's been it's been pretty crazy because you know they obviously have built a lot of depth in their in their system and in their roster, but still it's it's not that easy, especially when you're talking about the names of Walker Bueller. Uh, you know, I mean, we're not talking about you know just another guy. Um, watching Clayton at this point in his career, guy who played with him knows him, you know. He could have, you know, with the back issues and everything else, Jared, like tailed off and because of injuries, and it still would have been a Hall of Fame career. It still would have been an amazing career and a Hall of Fame person. What does it say about him and his compete level that sometimes, because he is he's so nice and humble, right? It gets lost, I think, sometimes on people that compete level. What does it say about that nature and aspect of Clayton Kershaw that he's still doing this at this level a couple of days ago with 10Ks in his least, uh, recent start? Well, I mean, it doesn't surprise me, you know, Clayton is one of the most competitive guys I've ever been around in the clubhouse or at his events, whether it's bowling, whether it's cards or whatever he does, anything to win that, he's going to try to win. A lot like Derek Jeter, a lot like Kyle Ripken, a lot like Michael. I have to win. If I if I don't win, I'm not in a good mood. But on the flip side, he's one of the nicest guys. does an incredible job. Him and his wife are doing an incredible job. Uh, with various charities that they do, not just on the in the state of Texas. Uh, incredible people. But when he's on that mound, it's extremely hard. Uh, he He's a perfectionist. He knows he's not going to be perfect, but near perfection out of himself. He doesn't care how old he is. He goes about a little bit different. And when I faced him, he was a fastball on 95 to 98 with a devastating... 12-6 breaking ball. Now his best pitch is the slider. And that slider is devastating. So he's a three-pitch pitcher. Kind of like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. When they got a little older, they went 
went flying through the air. They became the best. That's what Clayton Kershaw's done. He doesn't rely on that 97 anymore or that curveball. Devastating slider. And he finds a way to get out. And he is one of the most competitive athletes ever. It's 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 amazing to watch. I think it's it's so much fun because it is, and I'll get. I want to hit you on, on judge and get your thoughts on that before we get out in a, in a few. But I to have the the people like Kershaw, Pujols, Judge, some of the the guys that are. The, I mean, look for all the negativity everybody wants to you know bring up about things in the game. I mean, this is also great for the game that that's the case. One of those great people in the game, Freddie Freeman, who was that way here in Atlanta where I lived for many years. He's one of these guys who could have fit in anywhere, but. I'm curious what you've seen from this aspect of it. I imagine it's got to be a little weird when you're the face of a franchise and the leader of a team. Everybody coming to you. I mean, you literally are the dude, right? Like Clayton is here, right? I mean, you're that guy. And then you got to go back to like first day of high school and like you're trying to like fit in or like, you know, how much am I supposed to be like the leader? How have you kind of, you know, how have you witnessed that transition and him fitting in in that manner, Jerry? Freddie Friedman has fit in seamlessly, you know, the last 10, 12 years. You know, a lot was made about him early on. Um, you know, he, he was so emotional. You got to remember with the lockout, he never got a chance to say goodbye. He not be, you know, with the fans, have spring training or say, hey, this is it. So it all has shocked that a lot of teams didn't go after him. You don't find guys like this in the market that hit 330. You know what I'm saying? That hit you 20 to 35 home runs. That hits, that knows how to hit with runners in scoring position. And, you know, everybody, the dog. Dodgers, they got a good one got Freddie Freeman if you wanted to. You know, he wasn't a $350 million player. He's that, you know, uh, you know, Atlanta was kind of quick to let him go. But then on the flip side, their services, they don't fall, on tree, fall off trees. Guys like Freddie Freeman, so the Dodgers, like, you know what? We'll take him case, uh, when, when they, case when they lost um, Corey Seager. You know, you lose a Huge better go get another bat, Freddie Freeman. You know, so, so uh, he's been incredible here in the club. Him and the Mookie Betts have bonded. I mean, those two guys are as tight as they come. And, and he's, you know, made that transition. Even though he's a SoCal guy, he grew up in, in Southern California. He and with, with the Atlanta Braves. And now that he's kind of closed that chapter, he is really his home. And I know. His family's happy here. He's happy. And the Dodger players, the Dodgers are fortunate to have him. Just a, a guy that you want uh, in your clubhouse, want lead. I'm a father of two daughters. And I say this all the time. If my daughters find guys like Mookie Betts and, and Freddie Free, a, a, happy, a happy father. Because you want guys like that uh, around your family and around Go to the post every day, right? Do the right things, say the right things, but most importantly, sincerely mean them. It's not just eyewash with those two, and that's the difference. Yeah, you know, speaking of fits, let me you know move over to Trey Turner because obviously after the trade, you can't fit in better than, than he has. And now everybody talks about you know the free agency aspect, and you know you mentioned SoCal, right, and the tie still with Freddie. I don't know why 
you know, to me, if I'm the Braves, I'm not letting Freddie see other people, right? Like <laughs> to put it that way. Like I just don't understand that, right? But Trey Turner, will he come back east? Is that something that he wants to do? What's the pulse on that there? I know the Dodgers have obviously big goals this season and certainly as good a chance, if not better than anybody to go win a world series, but how much is there a discussion and maybe even concern because of how big of a part of this he's become that he would walk after the season, Jared? Well, I mean, that's always a possibility, you know, when you it happen. Um, you know, if, if you told me last year, where would Corey Seager be? I would have guessed either the Dodgers and then boom, the Rangers got him. You know, that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, I would love to in, in the Dodger uniform for many years. I think he fits him in here perfectly, especially in that two-spot. Not only is it exciting, you know, he, he's a pro's pro. He's a guy that posts every single day. You know, a lot of the players today sometimes get knocked unjustified. You know, grinders that want to play every day. They, they are throwbacks. Trey Turner's one of them. He wants, he runs, uses his speed, goes the other way, two strike hits. He's not a long channel player. It's been fun to watch. He's a lot better player. I knew he was a great player. But to see him play every day, hey, I'm like, man, he's getting better defensively at shortstop. I know him and, and uh, Dino Evil, so, some stats and some analytics on how how he can kind of help himself defensively. I know the second half he's really so. I know he's an East Coast guy. Uh, I'm a guy from Chicago. I love the East Coast. I love for the Orioles, blood playing for the Cubs. But getting here in L.A., once you're here, <laughs> you see why really oh, yeah. it's incredible place to live, incredible place to raise a family. Uh, it's awesome out here. So I think Trey Turner, now that he's, here and he's seen what man i don't know if you want to leave this i don't know if he'd want to but again it's all about who's going to pay his worth is and he's got to find that out and more power to him and i i just hope that uh he because he is a special talent you know i we talk about it go back to kind of the dominance of the dodgers here's where kind of the regular season changes into the postseason and they they still very well you could be and should be the favorites to some extent. But I, I've said, with no offense to, you know, sometimes the Yankees, the best four teams in baseball this year, really, and it's very rare, you know this, bell to bell, like the whole time, in some order, it's been Dodgers, Mets, Braves, Astros. It, it, those are, they're clearly the four best teams. The problem for the Dodgers and the Mets and the Braves is three of those are in the National League, right? So it's very likely the, the, the team that loses the NL East division, for example, will have to probably beat the other two, one in five and one in seven, which seems like a very, very difficult road. For the Dodgers and the Mets now, or if it's the Braves and they overtake them, at least you get a little bit of a buy. How do you see that mix and, and just how interesting? And I think I think we're getting incredible baseball in this National League side, specifically here in the playoffs. Yeah. I completely agree. I think the best teams are in the National League. team, but, but the top three, teams that I've seen are the Dodgers, Braves, and those problems for each other. The Dodgers obviously have tremendous depth. They have experience, and they got incredible firepower. They can beat you in so many different ways, whether it's speed, whether it's power, uh, the other way with two strikes. Uh, they know how to win. They're a team that's going to be a tough out in the scare behind 
after death. Uh, anytime you can throw out Jacob DeGrom and Max Scherzer. Don't forget about Walker. Is a, a, a really good, good And Bassett, too. too, by the way, has been very good. Ba- my goodness. Bassett as well. Another guy who is really, really tough. When you have those guys in the rotation, when you got that big uh, horse, the polar bear, at first base, who can get hot in any series. I love the shortstop Francisco Lindor, man. Uh, he's the guy that I've always admired from the game. Exciting player, but he can do it. Shortstop, switch hitter, speed. Man, he's a ball. So the, the Mets pose so many, many different problems to the Dodgers as well. The Braves are the defending champions, man. Until somebody knocks them out, bro, they're, they're they're the, they're the team to beat. I, I love their, the coaching staff. Very intelligent manager. Uh, they know, know what they're doing. They know how to win. Swanson, incredible up the middle. Albies, I love that kid too. too. Uh, and that Okuno kid is pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty decent. So, he's pretty decent too. Uh, I mean, they're, they're such a good team. You know, in my opinion, are the best teams in all of baseball. So it's going to be a dogfight. To get through the gauntlet of the Astros with Dusty Baker, they got some firepower as well. Dusty always makes sure he's in positions to succeed. You know, so he's probably the most prepared manager I've got, and a guy that gets the most out of his players. So Astros was tough, and don't count the Yankees. Not yet. Uh, I know they've struggled a little bit. I know Aaron Judge, like, I, I've never seen a really player carry a team like this offensively. What is he, number one in all? Yeah, all three triple crown categories. Right, I just saw yesterday. All three, all three. He's hitting 317 uh, now. Uh, unbelievable. 60 homers and 128 ribs. He had two disappointing doubles last night. <laughs> yeah, uh, unbelievable. And I, I talk about I'm healthy, too, man. This is such a great game. I, I applaud these young players, man. They've done so, and I wish they would would get more praise. Uh, you know, guys, guys like Aaron Judge, uh-huh. uh, to watch. By the way, Aaron Judge is the MVP. I'm sorry, he's the MVP hands down. He better, it's he crazy. What I want to I want to ask you about that because it's it's having played in New York. I mean, you played against that team plenty, right? When you're mm-hmm. in Baltimore, so you saw it. But then playing in New York, and you didn't just play in New York, you played in New York in a season where that team had an incredible amount of pressure to do what it needed to do, not only from Tex and Alex and some of the individuals in CC who had come over big money, but after what had happened the year before. I mean, this was an incredibly pressure-packed run that you were there for. How amazing is it to you having a better idea of that than most of us do and what that entails, that here's Aaron Judge in center field Right, in a walk year, doing what he's doing in that with without a. I mean, look, you know, like I know G. G. Carlos Stanton's been hurt, and you know J.D. Josh Johnson's not the same. You know, Rizzo was out, but this isn't a Yankee lineup of old, and he's doing this in center field for that team and that cauldron that you could speak to what that's like even to play in, and and do you marvel at that aspect more than anything? Maybe that he's doing it there in this way. I do. There's tremendous pressure to play. In New York, the biggest stage, Yankee uniform. We felt that pressure as a team because what had happened in 04, curses at all. But the fans just were 
just on edge because, man, we got to win another one because we don't have championships after championships. So we felt that pressure as a team. We wanted to win for Derek, for Alex. Alex had never won, won at that time. Uh, CC Sabathia. You know, we had each other's backs. And I wasn't a star. So those guys really felt the pressure. I wanted to help to help their legacy. You know, when you're a player like myself, you know, the guy that is, is a role to help other players' legacies. And I don't mind that. You know what I'm saying? Because if I help their legacy, guess what? Good white players that weren't the superstar, weren't, weren't the guy, get upset. Well, credit. Well, he's a superstar, man. Who cares? We won. You know what I'm saying? Let them get all the praise. You know what I'm saying? But I wanted to win for them to increase their legacy. But that was a team thing. We all have a team. Incredible team. What Aaron Judge is doing, putting up the numbers that as the season, he doesn't have A-Rod hitting behind him. He doesn't have Derek Jeter hitting in front of him. Actually, you know, in the three spot, you know, right behind him directly. He doesn't have Mark Teixeira, Amy getting on base, yelling base. And I'm not knocking the current Yankee players. I, I, I'm not. No, you know, but, but, but it's, not a, it's not a typical Yankee lineup. A it's not, Jerry. Struggled and probably they would want better seasons than they have. But all the judges has done in that walk year, he put so much pressure on himself. Bro, he, he's he, but a bigger version of Derek Jeter. The way he carries himself, I've never met oh. a judge, but just the way he oh, he reminds me You know, just very stoic, no nonsense, give you anything. Hey, I'm playing, I'm going to be successful, I'm going to do my thing. And at the end of, at the, end of the year, you don't, don't pay me Somebody else is going to yeah, pay him. Yeah, they're going to pay him. I, I will be shocked if, if he's not the high after the season. Yeah, it, look, they're going to pay him whatever they have to pay him because now it's become a must. And when the Yankees feel that way, that they're going to act that way. It's amazing, though, just to kind of expound on what you're saying, watching guys like Stanton who have hit 59 home runs in, their, in, in a season – talk about judge and look at him like he's a cyborg. Like they don't even understand what he's doing. That tells you all you need to know. Uh, I want to hit one more and on uh, baseball. Oh, he's he totally hurt. banged up, but that was a big swing for him the other night with that grand slam. Yeah, grand slam. Um, awesome. If you're a Yankee fan, that's a, that's a, that was bigger probably than the judge home run. And not only about winning that game, but, but moving towards October, I want to hit you one more on baseball and then have a little fun with some NBA uh, on, on the way out here. Cause I know you're a huge hoops guy and, and we always talk about, it. I'm not going to talk about pizza or, or Michael Jordan. Cause we both have him at number one. So we can stay with that. Um, the, the utility idea of what that is has been such a, like a, a changing term, right? Over the course of time. I think about Tony Phillips, right? The first guy that I remember who played every day, but with angels, when he's doing it with the A's doing it with the tigers too, right? Mets at the end of his career where he's playing every day, but a different position every day. The way now fast forward all the way that Chris Taylor, right? CT has done by you. I think a Jeff McNeil, who to me has got to be a guy you must really love. He's just a baseball player, just plays in yeah. different you know, different positions, plays them all well defensively. I saw that you had uh, tweeted something out when it came out about uh, the Rawlings Award for for utility man <laughs> for Gold Glove. I mean, how much is is that something that should have happened a long time ago? 
in terms of giving credit to how difficult and, and explain this to the viewers and listeners, how difficult it is moving a position on a Wednesday in a game to another one. And then Thursday at a third position, starting a game, something that you've had to do, especially later in your career. It is extremely difficult. Uh, I think you, you have to just work twice as hard and do it first. And then you got to have the want to, you know, there's some guys that say, well, I'm only a shortstop or, I'm a, you know, I just love playing baseball. And I think you, you mentioned the McNeils, the CT3s, Tony Phillips, Jackie Robinson. A lot of people don't realize he was not only just a second base, he played first base. He played the outfielders. He was an incredible athlete. And I, I think it does get lost in shuffle when you see, uh, and they don't get the credit they deserve. Kiki Hernandez is, is, is one. No, oh, sure. Right now, Zobrist, Ben Zobrist, right? Ben Zobrist, Zobrist. Yep. yep. Zobrist did an incredible job, and to be able to throw a fielder and then come right back and, and, and play shortstop the next, not just you know, just play shortstop to thrive in that position too. You know, I took a lot of players who do that take a tremendous amount of pride in doing that to be able to give your manager options um, dude you're my center fielder this guy goes down Jerry, i need you to play shortstop for for a week to 10 days be able to help the team that's the biggest thing you want to be able to help the team and you keep the train rolling and keep your and winning ball games and now that they're getting recognized defensively for it i think it's huge i think you know what i want to do that i want to be that type of player and it, now they're you they're getting compensated for it too. Oh, you know, sure. But now the guys are getting uh, more money for, for it today. I'm not bitter at all. I, I love that these guys are making more and more money. That's how it should be. You know, so having a huge payday, Keith Hernandez continue to get paid. The guys that do so much variety of ways, I love seeing that because they're baseball players. And that's all I really wanted to be is a baseball player. We, uh, you know, we talked to NBA many times over the years. I know you're a huge hoops guy, as am I, as you know. And I saw that you, I, I think it, because I've been watching, look, these rankings, like when these, and it's not on ESPN, but like whenever anybody does them or these Madden ratings or whatever it is, it's like half of this stuff. It's like, you know, nobody's going to be completely happy all the time. But like I saw, like you did, DeMar DeRozan, like at 50, which is like, maybe you got to be kidding me. So today, six through 10 was released. All right. I you you and I are in the same, and you certainly with many more uh, you know passionate reasons from being a Chicago tied to guy with MJ, but he killed my Knicks forever, and you don't have to tell me that he's the best ever. I'm I've always and I I'm a I'm a LeBron guy. A lot of people don't understand LeBron, you can be a LeBron guy and think he's not Jordan, but they got him at six, and I'm thinking if you think there are five players even at this age that are better than LeBron James because the Lakers didn't make the playoffs or whatever the reason is, you got to be insane. And then, so I want to get your thought on that. And then even more so what drove, and I like Jason Tatum, right? But he didn't show up much in that last series. We just saw him. They got Tatum at seven and Kevin Durant at eight. Now, look, I don't love all the Kevin Durant stuff from the off season. I think, you know, you, you get the contract, you're there, go ahead and be with your team. I'm, I'm on that side of it. But if there are seven players better than Kevin Durant, there aren't seven players better than Kevin Durant 
maybe in our lifetime from a talent standpoint, that guy's a unicorn. Yeah. What's your take on, on LeBron being at six and, and Durant uh, being all, at eight? I got, I, okay. I'm going to, I got to go with my boy uh, DeRozan first. I, I'm sorry. I have to go to DeMar DeRozan. He's at 50 travesty here. And I talked to a lot of NBA guys, my friends that are coaches, assistant game, and they express that basketball is in trouble. You know, the sport of basketball is in every. It's all about stats now. Well, I run and get my triple double, and hey, I got my triple double. That's thing defensively. You know what I'm saying? I yep. was from an era where, bro, you took care of the defense, and then you do what you have to do oh, on same. the offensive side of the ball. You have to play both sides of the ball. Or social media players understand. And uh, hey, if if I get my stats, hey, I scored twenty five points. I got like ten rebounds and twelve assists. I played a great game. Player that night and allowed you know forty points. You know what I'm saying? Which he had a bad game. You know, so the game of basketball. I love basketball. Okay, I, I love basketball. These, you know what I'm saying? And to have DeMar DeRozan, who's a guy that you rely on in the fourth quarter. Who, but he, he was an MVP candidate, Jared. Bucket. He was an MVP candidate last year for most of the season. M- MVP team that was just destroyed with injuries. He's the 51st-ranked player in the NBA. Are you? So that in itself just... Yeah, it's crazy. No, 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 that, it's that crazy. List. Yep. And then, then you have... And I know they're both older, you know what I'm saying? But, but I don't care what list they're on. They have to, you know what I'm saying? Oh, because yeah. what they've done in the past and what they've, how they, how they, of course, what type of list, man. I don't know who's doing these lists. Because, well, I don't need, I don't uh, either, man. And it's like, and I'm, and Jared, I'm trying to think about, okay, like, so who's going to be ahead? So they're going to have, it's going to be. Giannis and, and Luca, right? And you, Steph, who's going to be, and I don't know who else, you know, is I'm you know, thinking off the top well, of my head. Giannis is number one. Giannis has. And that's okay. But He's LeBron can't be six. And Kevin, look, Jason Tatum is not a better player than Kevin. Jason Tatum's family members know he's not a better player than <laughs> Kevin Durant. Sorry. Jason Tatum knows he's not better than Kevin. <laughs> it's like, it's like it, you know, so some of that stuff is, is, uh, I, you know is what, just I, ridiculous. I, I, go back and look at what Kobe said. Said, I guess Kobe one year was ranked like said those guys are just idiots, you know. And again, I value what the players say. Tell me. What oh, shit. You and me both, man. That's why it, you and me both. Peers know it's why I've always said the Hall of Fame, like you know, the baseball writers they don't want to give up any percentage. And you know, part of it is like that. You know, how many Hall of Famers want to really invest in like checking stats of current guys and like who belongs in and who's not. But sign me up for like a twenty percent, like you know, share of that vote, and give me like yeah. a committee of eight current Hall of Famers, and they could change every year. And guys got to say, "Hey, I want in. I don't want to do it." And let me let peers' eyes on that, because um, you and, guys know better guys what are, other players are, are, are do. Gonna be, exactly, guys, they're going to want to do it, and they're going to say, "Hey, this is important," and they're going to make sure they do their due diligence. I agree. Uh, Dodgers certainly doing that. I have a feeling. Uh, you know, I'll I'll be uh, shooting you to Mets Dodgers probably going to happen in, in the postseason. Better not happen uh, the way it did when your your guy or when your guy Oral ruined my helped ruin my childhood in 1988. Appreciate you, buddy. Always a pleasure. Good to catch up with you.
Anytime, Casey. Uh, all right, there he is uh, at Real uh, J here on Twitter. You can get me at Casey Stern. The Unfiltered Revolution continues on. We'll see you next time right here on Unfiltered. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.